G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of Chewing the Bat, where we delve into numerous sporting topics around Australia and also across the globe. In this episode, we're going to give you highlights of the week. My name's Jack, and I'm gladly joined the three of us. We're back. Gus, Gus Bus, how you going? Good, Jack. How are you? Great, mate. And producer Frey, thanks again for joining. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, you can take your face mask off now. Oh, sorry guys. Morning. <laughs> We're out of lockdown. The boys are back. <laughs> Morning, producer Frey. Morning. Welcome back. That was good. Made uh, it out of the Gold Coast. It feels good. We're out of lockdown. Fingers crossed. Touch wood. Socially distanced at the table. I think we are. You can have up to 10 guests as well in your home. With no mask. With no mask. Although you have to carry it. I've got mine. Do you have to carry it when you're going for a run? I yeah, that's a bit unclear because even when we strenuous. were in, even when we were in lockdown, I was going for runs, and when I was walking, like I'd walk out of the house and I'd wear it. But once you're doing strenuous exercise, you can take yeah, it. Yeah, I, I did. So I would carry it. Yeah, I went. For, I did go for a walk during lockdown, and I noticed because you're meant to, you don't have to wear the mask right if you're doing a strenuous activity. Yeah, there was a guy running, running quick, a lot, like beside me, shooted past me. <laughs> Had a mask on. Oh. Mm. I've seen a, a couple is, too. Is that a flex? It is. That's is like that, altitude training. That's, that's pretty what, much what's him. an altitude mask. That's pretty much him saying, "This is not a strenuous activity for me. I can wear a mask. I don't even need oxygen." Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but it's just true. I can't even walk to the train station wearing mine, and I get I get so puffed. <laughs> it's tough gig. I walk well, up the little stairs. Cancelled a little bit for you. Social sport is cancelled. Community sport. Yeah, I was just—I just noticed that. It's like, why is this guy running with a mask? And I thought he could be just flexing a little bit. So, I c- honestly, I c- it's impressive to me. <laughs> yeah, Fire out, it's impressive. I don't know how he does it. Um, but we're back. Here we are. We're going to start off by once again thanking our podcast sponsor, Kiala Organic Beef. They are 100% certified organic, grass-fed beef and pork, straight from their local farm and delivered straight to your door or workplace, wherever you are, wherever you want to be. I'll deliver it to you. Nice. It's the cleanest one yet. You're welcome, Kiala. That's because you took an extra line. You took an extra line off me and then I came back in strong with the next one. I felt much more comfortable with it. <laughs> you like that? I did like it. Maybe we should keep that from now on. Yeah. Um, we're going to start off with... Producer Frey has a sport of the week for us, apparently. Bit of a surprise. <laughs> He's just dropped it on us five minutes ago. So I think he found it five minutes ago. It's a good one, too. We've just got one to start off the... The podcast today. Producer Frey, what have you got? Okay. So rather than a sport of the week, it's a sport event of the week in light of the Olympics. In Bahrain, they have a special... You don't hear much about Bahrain anymore. No, other than the F1 race. The F1 go there. I'm not as as deep in that as you guys. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. So organized by the Bahrain Olympic Committee in 2018, they introduced... Baby Olympics. No. No, no, no. <laughs> Let me go That's through some of the events. Group. How baby is baby? Infants? Can you put a toddler in there? Below 12-month crawling contest no. and a below 15-month walking contest. The first Baby Games event took place on from the 5th to the 10th of May, 2018. 
and included about 1,200 kids from 66 nurseries and kindergartens. I'm just picturing a bunch of really hectic like, <laughs> parents. Forcing their kids to walk and forcing their kids to juggle seen, or something. I've seen juggle. <laughs> you never know. No, they're, they're Olympic events. It's like if you're <laughs> four, not Olympic. Events. If you're four years old, you do the medley relay. Uh, for three year olds, you do toddler hurdles. And hurdles. if you're toddlers two years jump. old, this has just got to be. That's a, thing. a scientific fact. Toddlers cannot. Okay, what jump. are the two year olds doing? Fifteen meter freestyle. Get out that's here. a pretty impressive. Kids swim. can paddle. Do you reckon this is for the kids or for the parents? Definitely 100%. the the the, the, the health parents. of the children. The parents. <laughs> this one this one was my favorite one, and I think it is a, a good test for the break dancing coming up at Paris. Yes. Gymnastic freestyle moves contest. That's all time. You'd see some good stuff there, I imagine. Put some tunes on. Is that a fancy the word of break break dancing? Well, I think that I think the idea of that event is that the kids literally just dance and muck around and That's they fun. rate their They're just moves. having fun. Shark de do. You know what you could <laughs> You know shark. what you could see? You go to Eat Street on a Saturday night. There's yeah. like a zone where there's like a DJ on. Kids bopping. And kids yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> That's where you get some practice in there. Actually, but... you know, I I'm gonna flex on your <laughs> Yeah, go for it. So, sorry, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I started assisted I started walking with a little ha- helping hand when I was seven months. Oh, you should get out of here. Beat that. By 15, I would have been juicing them. That was under 15 months. You would have been hurdling, mate, at 15. I don't think toddlers can jump. Can toddlers jump? Or the I muscle think the hurdles are pretty, I think there, they're pretty low and you just got to kind of crawl over them. Uh, kind of like waddle. I guess it, if you hit it, it doesn't matter. It's like the men's when they do it. Well, it, it slows you down. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's not illegal. Exactly. Like you can hit them. Yeah. I wonder when... I wonder when... Seven my months. You're walking at seven was. months. Yeah, dog. Shit. But um, there was... Sorry to flex on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> One more event that I wanted to highlight from this Olympic Games for Gussie is the child five attempt three free throw basketball contest. Uh-huh. Each child has five attempts Age to group? get it in the basket. Doesn't outline, but I'm guessing... Oh, the whole event's for under four-year-olds. It couldn't be younger than two. That would have to be a small hoop. There's no way a four-year-old is getting up to a ten-foot hoop with a basketball. <laughs> They're so heavy. It'll be like it'll, it'll be one of those mini, um, the the pool floaty size ones. Have yeah, I couldn't even shoot a free throw in year twelve without a little small hop, a little or a big throw. Yeah, just a little bit extra. Arm. I had to get a little bit of kinetic chain in there. I couldn't, and I was seventeen. <laughs> I remember the ref would be like, "Look at this freak." Pretty, I've never seen someone man, with a little toe poor. hop. That's pretty poor from a guy that started walking at seven months. Never developed a free throw. <laughs> I'd be tight out of five attempts. That'd be a tough contest. I'd like to go against a four-year-old. Let's do it. We'll set it up. Maybe run out there let's with a four-year-old. To, let's go down to the hoop right now. Go to the park. Have a little five free throw contest. We'll be back after a short intermission. That was a good one. A little sports of the week. Event of the week. Thanks, Producer Frey. Thanks, um, Producer thanks Frey. Bahrain. Thanks, Bahrain. Don't know how much I get around it, but anyway. not a fan. That's interesting. You're a former child athlete, so you probably sympathise with them. <laughs> no, I'm not. You are. <laughs> I wasn't doing much at two Four years, years old. Yeah, I seen pics of you. You look pretty athletic. I had I had my days. <laughs> days. Keyword. <laughs> <laughs> I had my days. Um, boys, our the final part of the trilogy, the Olympic trilogy. The Olympics is done. Don't know what I'm going to do with myself now. There's not much sport. The Paralympics. 
Of course. Oh, that starts this week, doesn't it? In another week's time. All oh, yeah. right. Well, that's going to be another. What the coverage is like? I hope Seven Plus is running. I hope it's the same. Like at least one of the other seven channels is doing it too. Running like a constant coverage. Yeah. Um. But yeah, going back to the Olympics, two weeks we gave an update after week one or five days, I believe, at the end of the swimming. Yeah, we were like, t- but it, it had been almost a week when you considered events that started before the Olympics. Did we figure out why they did that? I think it was just scheduling. Just timing. Just landed on oh, they like yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Because like it was the ones that it was went football at the very end as well. Like they went ahead of time and Softball. they were all the way through. Yeah, yeah. G ups. Um. Anyway, in the second week of the Olympics, we've. I I think the first week for me was unbelievable, but the second week backed it up. I almost went to a new level. <laughs> I went to Plus, a new level of enjoyment. I think almost. I think it was also as well in Brisbane here. We we're in the lockdown, so we literally saw everything. It's perfect timing. Per- perfect timing for week two <laughs> Product, of the Olympics. Productivity working from home for everyone was very low. low. Very low. <laughs> very low. Um, we're gonna start off with some athletics, some. Unbelievable stories coming out of the athletics, some sportsmanship stories, some really good results. Um, early in the athletics, though, Rowan. Rowan Browning. Rohan. Riders of Rohan. <laughs> it's a Lord of the Rings reference. He, probably, uh, he laughed, but he wouldn't have got no, it. No, I don't. I don't watch Lord of the Rings. Hater. Ooh. Do you? Chris Frey? Have done. Yeah, I mean, it's not really it's something not like you, you sit down every down week. And and it's not a TV show, mate. Yeah, but I've never watched never it. Never watched it. Mm. I've got the whole series downstairs on special edition extended. Extended cut. There That's you go. like three hours. Next lockdown. That's like ten hours of content right there. That's what puts me off is some people are like, oh, these movies are great, but they're like three hours long. I think for a newbie, you've got to get yourself to the end of the first movie. You've got to get to the end of the fellowship and acti- like things really crank up a notch. Right. If you can keep your focus until then, everything will come together a bit. There's emotion, there's action, <laughs> and it leaves you on a good cliff for uh, episode movie <laughs> yeah. two, and then you're in. And right. things just keep rolling from there. Well, I if think we, you if, need to get there. If we go into another lockdown, I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to Rowan. Rowan Browning. I think he was... I don't know how long since we've had a 100-meter sprinter in the semi final. From Australia, I don't know. I think there was a guy in two thousand and three in the semis, or four maybe. But I think, I mean, Shervo, I think made a semi in two thousand. Yeah, because Shervo is an interesting parallel. Shervo's all-time PB is like ten oh three or something, right? Well, and he made a semi, and he made a final at a Com Games, and Rowan's all-time PB at an official event, I guess is now 10.01. Yeah. And he'd made a semi and ran fifth. Shervo run like fourth in his semi or something like that. Mm. They had a very similar parallel. So we're waiting to see if Rowan <laughs> jumps kicks on now the, or jumps on, on the, the TV. Com- on the commentary. <laughs> has an epic, <laughs> handsome man commentator career. Well, which... Or back to the footy. Bringing, yeah, bringing back to... um, Or back to the footy. Handsome man. The, the hair, the mullet. The flying mullet. The flying mullet. I saw a good photo of um, Rowan being compared to... Paps, Ryan Pappenhausen. <laughs> the Greyhound. Yeah, and apparently the mullet is... How fast do you think Paps runs a 100? 11.5? He'd be in sub-11s. He'd That's pretty s- quick. You'd run 11.5. is <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. No, I heard, I was listening to a pod, I think it was Hello Sport, 12, sub-12 is the punter's sub-10. Would you agree with that? 
Sub 12 is the punter's sub 10. So the non-specialist track athlete, sub 12 is your sub 10. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. like if you're up and about a bit and you run an 11.9, like yeah. that's a quick, like that's a quick that's, senior school. That's pretty good for a... Just in the 100. If I ran a sub 12, that'd be... Like if you trained for a bit and ran a sub 12. It's like, all right, this guy got wheels. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I might try it. <laughs> Train for a sub 12. <laughs> I, I can't find Pappenhausen's fastest time, but at Ocar, Joshy boy, he's, got, he's clocked 100 meters at 10.75. Ooh. We'll go back to this because I want to come back to this topic at the end as well. The fastest man in the NRL. Okay. but So, brainstorm. Keep that in mind. Front um, of the cranium. But yeah, Rowan Dennis, the mullet, flying, looks beautiful. That's it's, not it's one, Rowan, De- Rowan Browning. <laughs> Who's Rowan Dennis? I, don't, I saw... I don't know where Dennis came from. Rowan Browning. Um, I do want to highlight with his mullet. Mm. In the NRL and other footy codes, they seem to appear to be a bit dirty, mm. the mullet. That's fair. Rowan Browning's mullet, crisp. Shiny. Shiny. Maybe it's Maybelline. Glistening. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. Luscious. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it. Yeah, I did notice that because I only noticed it when there was a side-by-side comparison of Pappenhausen and Rowan. It's a bit like, different. It's like, yeah. That's sorry, fair. Paps. You know Paps is into Zed racing? <laughs> Like what Hamish and Andy are doing with yeah, digital think, racing. I think he's got a stable. We should we should get one. <laughs> is it, is is that, it the future? I think so. The thing is, they spend a lot of money on theirs, Hamish and Andy. Yes. We don't have that sort of money. Well, we don't have a show budget. We don't make money. <laughs> no, it comes out of our own pocket. Keala Organics, if you can. <laughs> Sponsor it, please. Racehorse. We could do a conglomerate. We could buy shares. We could make a Facebook group and just send out invitations. Anyone want to buy a tenth of a race, a virtual racehorse? That's that's true. Start breeding digital racehorses. You can breed them. We should. We'll think about it. I found our horse, guys. His name is the Gas Man. The it's Gas a Z2 Man. Two stallion. The Gas Man. Oh, I don't want it. <laughs> How much are we talking for the Gas Man? Five hundred and sixty US dollars. Oh damn! No, nah, I don't think so. Anyway, back to athletics. Um, we'll come back to digital racing at the end. Anyway, ro- <laughs> but to put a bow on Rowan. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> to put a bow on Rowan. They say he's, what is he, 23? Yep. So 26 at Paris. Yep. Still very young. He's building. Yeah. If he, if he can crest, I guess the f- big thing to make a final seems to be if you c- get sub-10s. Pretty sure he also had a surgery about six months prior to Tokyo. Really? Yeah. That's not ideal. No. So, and then to, to be able to still run 10 seconds flat, pretty much. Mm. So, if he if he keeps building, if he can knock a few hundreds off, we could see him in a final. That would be exciting just to get a final, honestly. That's true. Who's the American sprint? Miles, is it? He won... Oh, I have to go back to it. Anyway, I saw an interview and... Four years ago, I think he was a footy player, and he was he was probably like three seconds off the pace. No way. And he said he was like a good sprinter. Yeah. And he said to himself, "I've just got to shave one second each year off the hunji, and I'll be at the Olympics." What? <laughs> Which he did. Hun- yeah. A second a year, though. Mm. That's that's like Cody Simpson levels. <laughs> yeah. Every every time I mention him. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was good to see. Noah Lyles. That's it. 
No one wiles. Phonetically, um, you were close. Very close. Moving on from the 100 meter. Oh, actually, not moving on. The Italian. Lamont. Yeah. How good was that? 9-8. He shaved a bunch off, I think, in the past couple of years, actually. He's a big boy, too. Yeah. But they said he just... He used to... He felt like he used to get tight, like he tightened up in the back half of the race. He's just loosened up mentally. He's just there. And in the past couple of years, he's because, just shaved time Because that's where he really came through was literally the back half of the race. Kicked. He was pretty tight up until, like, I don't know, the first half. And then all of a sudden, the Italian. It's and interesting. These big... It's like Bolt. It's like... the So the past four Olympics have been won by people revving it up over the last 40. Yeah. As opposed to like a, a whip it out the gate. That's true. Bolt, and then obviously in the 200. That's what I would have thought is that the Tal- Le Mans would have also been a favourite for the 200. Because he would have kicked. Because of his late kick. Anyway. But no. No, anyway. Who won it? Was it Degrasse? Yeah, Degrasse won it. Good job, producer Frey. <laughs> I think, what did he win? The 400. No, it's a 200. Anyway, um, moving on from the sprinting, Australia got their first ever... Olympic medal in the decathlon. Epic. So we did an interview very recently with Tombo where we mentioned this pre- um, just briefly. Very briefly. You nearly rattled off all 10. <laughs> you reckon you could do it now? <laughs> the thing is, I didn't think to myself, I better check and see how I went with that. <laughs> so I haven't looked it up, but yeah, I'll give it a go. All right, let's go. 100 meter, 400 meter, javelin, shot put, high jump, long jump, 1500 meter, yeah. Discus? Yeah. What does that leave us? Two more. Did you say pole? Pole vault. And then there's just one more. Which Ashy goes over it backwards if you guys saw that. Did he? I didn't see that. He. That's, in, that's incredible with the pole vault as well. There's a lot of skill. Like, I was reading an interview with their... Uh, so, Ash and Cedric train together yeah and there's like this coach i think he's based out of uq and he's just like a he's a decathlon maker so i think ash maloney turned up to get some high jump training right and when he's like 15 or something and the coach was like i think you're a decathlete well the thing is with a decathlete is hunting hurdles they they would they would pretty much just be an all-round athletic specimen yeah like you because well he's like he's a tall fella Pretty built. Strong. Looks strong. Pretty quick. Mm. Like to run a, what did he run? Like a 10 something, sub 1100. In, in the, um, run like a 48 second 400. It's good. It's like something a joke, like high jumping nearly two meters or around two meters. Yeah. Like this is, these are all very impressive parts. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, I know you're off a bit of the way off the elite athletes in the specialty, but like. They're so close to this, their specialty that if the decathletes or Ash had have just maybe just trained for one of the disciplines. Maybe he'd th- they'd be up it. there. But apparently the, the apparently it feels very rewarding because you have to put in so much and you get across so much, and there's a great camaraderie between them all because it's like so special. Well, it's over two three days, a couple days, yeah. two days with ten events. Mm. Like Jeez. it's tough, tough just physically even to actually do one. Let oh, yeah, alone. you could see him at the end of the fifteen hundred there. Everyone just was struggling. just absolutely wrecked. Yeah, like it wasn't like the fifteen. The 1500 race, that's just the 1500 race. They sort of finish and they're like breathing a bit and it's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> the decathlon, they're just like, absolutely out. Done. But apparently you peak late. The gold medalist is 32. Right. Because it's so many things to get across and stamina is a part of it. You peak later. So guess how old Ash will be in 2032? 
32. <laughs> <laughs> Must be born in 2000. Must be nice. Must That's be easy nice. to remember his age. Far yeah. out. <laughs> anyway. Very nice. So, home Olympics. So, hopefully, touch wood, it's a long way away. He'll be peaking. We're a shout. Bloody oath. We're a great medal shout. I'd ten, love to see ten that one. years to build on a bronzy. Tell you what, that, and that was my going back to... I also mentioned this in our last podcast with Tombo. Um, if you haven't listened, it's up now. Go and have a listen. Anyway. <laughs> You'll see it just below this one. <laughs> yeah. um, in the decathlon, I'm sure producer Frey, you saw this. Dubla, out of medal contention. Cedric. Cedric coming into the 1500-meter event. Cedric's pet event. Mm. Bit injured. Anyway, he still ran pr- pretty well. But he ran the race knowing that Ash was in medal contention, of which he didn't focus on his race. I think he paced a bit for him, and then mm-hmm. towards the last lap, just was running next to him, yelling, got yeah, him over the line, kick. and then he just jogged over it at the end himself. So, And the celebrations were with both of them at the end, so that was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Did you see the interview that they did on the news after that with Ash, where they're saying, oh, what was he saying to you? He's like, I don't think I can repeat the words he was yelling at me on, <laughs> oh, <no>. on camera. <laughs> he was screaming. You could sort. I think I I watched like a replay of, it and they weren't focused on them. They were just on the high shot of the track. Yeah. But you could just hear some shouting over the over <laughs> yeah. the feed. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> um. So that was great to see. Now I think on the second last day, Australia had tied their. Well, we still are. We tied seventeen golds from Athens, and we didn't know at the time, but we had Nicole McDermott. Nicola? Nicola, sorry. Nicola McDermott compete in the high jump, of which she ended up making the top two. Jumped to PB. Jumped to PB. So she was on for a gold, and that would have, no pressure on her, but that would have <laughs> put us up to 18. <laughs> Tipped um, us over the edge. But yeah, PB, an Australian record, and topping it off with a silver. Very rare group of medalists in high jump, I think. Yeah. There's only so, four or five of them. So that, or less. that is. Um, and she was. It's quite a feat. She was as close as you can get to jumping a high jump bar and not jump it, if that makes sense. Like Oh, in the last the, jump? The last jump. I literally, I thought there was an instant in time where I think everyone thought, you could hear the commentator go. <gasps> because, you know, when they make it, they, they graze it and you get that wobble. Like yeah. The wobble's like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, it was, it was like, like, oh, she jumped over and then one end just ticked off. Because oh. mm-hmm. she was mid, she was probably halfway through the initial part of her celebration. She was like, oh, I like she said, I think she was like, I think I like she was like, I think I jumped high enough. I yeah. think I just didn't get my timing right on my body because it's a PB height for me. Just didn't quite get the timing right. It's crazy how it just comes down to a bit of timing. Mm. That's Jesus. a tough sport. Bloody and she yikes. was she was grading her jump every every time she did, does a jump, she grades it on a bunch of categories, mm. like how she felt about it. Oh, she was writing down in a notebook and everything. Yeah, she was like that was a nine out of ten. And like, she also wrote off. it down when she didn't have the notebook. She was writing it down on her previous day's jersey yeah <laughs> interesting route interesting character with the routine put it in a frame with the smile the big come on very interesting rusty fan it works for her might be a rusty fan maybe you know what i saw recently this is a huge tangent <laughs> go on uh kate was looking in my tag photos in instagram or my photos in instagram and big, big way back in kate the- anyway <laughs> Freak. <laughs> Way back Good thing in the- she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Way back in the day, there's a photo of Jack and I with Roger Federer. Oh, but it was not... Lo- looking at, not with so much as behind yeah. and looking at. Who were we with? Who took the photo? Josh Winnan, I believe. 
Oh, it was too. I think it was Josh. Um, and we all drove up to the Brizzy International. Yeah. Drove down. Yep. Got around it. Tried to get a photo with Rusty producer Frey. Mm. And he brushed us. He said, no, sorry, boys. Sorry, boys. Chris yeah. Chris Cuccioni was behind him, though. The big gooch <laughs> gave us a photo. <laughs> he gave us plenty. He gave the people what they wanted. We didn't post the photo with the big gooch, though, which is a bit dog. F- posted the photo behind Roger. We're looking very youthful, I must say. Oh, yeah. Looking real good. Pretty sure I had the shark tooth necklace on. <laughs> yeah, I think I had a necklace on, too. <laughs> Running necklace. I had a bucket hat on. <laughs> We got a photo with Kokonakis as well. We need to bring them back. It's remarkable that we were the same age during that because he's monstering us. Oh, by a foot. And you sort of forget like this guy's also... He's born in 1996, yeah. <laughs> you sort of forget that. <laughs> That's all right. But yeah, so Rusty brushed us, but we still remain big fans. And I think Nicola might be too because she was unleashing the come on. Oh, I loved it. Um, staying on the high jump too, Brendan Stark. Came close. fifth, I think, or fourth. Very close to medal contention. But in centimetres, he so, jumped. So I think the stat was if he had have jumped what he did in Tokyo, he would have got a medal in Rio. Because he jumped a 235 successfully. Yeah. Then missed on 237, but passed and went to 239. Yes. The two, med- the two gold medalists did successfully jump 237. I believe, mm. and then Stark failed on 239. So he would have kept them in the game and they would have had to pass and keep going up. I, I get a bit confused yeah, by the system, is, but like he, he was jumping, he was attempting to jump the same height that they were as the gold medalists. So he was only a couple centimetres below That is most true. successful jump. It's pretty good. That's high. It was very That's high. That's real high. When you Far look around. at it, it's, it looks near impossible. Yeah, I know this sounds stupid, but to get your whole body over... A two bar, and a half meters. Two and a half meters. Like I've struggled to. No matter how tall you tip are. Tip it. Fingertips. Yeah, definitely no scissor kicking over that bad boy. <laughs> You're not scissor kicking. <laughs> no. Um, and that was probably another really, probably top three stories of the Olympics was um the Italian and the Qatari. Qatar. Qatari. I believe so. The Qatari, sharing the gold medal, or or I think they had. Um had the same amount of mistakes and the same amount of successful jumps in the jumps previous. Yeah. Of which they, instead of doing a jump off, they could actually just share the gold. Yeah. So I think the Qatari said to the Italian, let's, let's make history. <laughs> Doesn't that get you excited? Oh, yeah. Gets me excited. And they both had a very, very good celebration. So It was so wholesome. It was great sportsmanship, giving each other a big hug, jumping around. I think it's fair enough too. It's like... and. They both deserve the gold. From both jumped the highest. Yeah, so. I'm fine with. It. I like it. I think that's been a sportsmanship has been such a like key factor in the Olympics, and it's been good to see, particularly in like I think we were all. I wasn't that beforehand. We were all like, oh, they're going to go ahead. Like the people in Japan don't really want it. Like there's no, no <laughs> one wants it. Like there's been a couple of COVID cases, whatever, and then. We got there and everyone's just on board. And I think a big part of that was the sportsmanship and the unification of it just because oh, it's been such a fractious time of the world. And, and I'd, I'd hope even for the Japanese locals, I know they had a bit, big uproar about them coming over, but I hope by the end of it they said, you know what, that was probably worth it. Because there wasn't a big outbreak or anything somehow. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not that we know of. And, there was, and just like, even like you see the swimming, like whenever they finished, first thing they do is like, they're just congratulating the winner like you'd be like uh 
Carl Chalmers lost to Caleb Dressel by as close oh, as you can lose. A half a fingernail. And first thing he's doing is heartfelt congratulations for Caleb. Yeah, that's you know, unbelievable like it's, to it's see. Really, like they're all the swimmers, like all the track athletes, just getting around each other. Well, it's such an impossible thing to do as well. Like you think about preparing for the Olympics for four years. I know that they have events in between, mm. but to be able to time and just make everything come together for the Olympics, for maybe one event during the Olympics, impossible. And then it was delayed a year. Yeah. To throw another spanner in the works. It is impossible. And then it comes down to a fraction of a second. Crazy. Very crazy. Um, moving on from the high jump previously, probably I've got heaps of favorite highlights from the Olympics, one of which was Peter Boll. Our Big Pete. Big Pete. Um, was he the first? He came fourth in the 800. Was he the first Aussie to do so? I think he was in... the first finalist since like the 50s, maybe. Incredible. He was like 56. I remember watching it. He um, The first couple hundred, he was pretty fairly at the back. I think he started pretty high in terms of up in the lanes. As the lanes merged together, he made sure he was at the front and he led, I think, the majority of it he with did. whoever was coming second. Yeah. I thought he had it. Yeah. I thought he had it. Um, but he even, I think he said himself, he, the only thing he regretted was just not holding his pace in the last hundred. But just mm. Yeah, I think it was a weird one because you often see in those sort of short to middle distance races, like the leader does get overrun at the end. But I think it was just like he came in with a tactic if the pace slackens off, like no one was taking, no one wanted it. They all just slackened off once they had their positions. Yeah. Someone had to take the front and he was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to run. Mm. He did it. It was a brave, courageous run. Very and brave th- move. Yeah. And you can see, because so often when they get overrun, they end up 10th. But he, he like held it. Because yeah. mentally you're like cooked and you've seen your places slip away. That's an, like, I know he didn't get a medal, but to come fourth, out of the best 800 meter runners in the world, it's a crazy achievement. That's fourth. very good. Fourth, like you're the fourth crazy. fastest person in the world over 800 meters. Yeah, that's crazy. That's and he ran a really brave race, particularly yeah. to just kick home and hold that fourth. Did you um see they crossed? I'm sure you saw they crossed to uh, a camera view of all of his family and relatives in the <laughs> house. They filled the house. <laughs> filled the li- would have been a hundred yeah. people in the living room supporting Pete. Um, but r- a really good story from Peter Ball. I think he migrated over here with his family from Egypt. Is that right? South Sudan originally, and then through Egypt, and then to Brisbane. Yeah, and then Brisbane to Perth. Yeah, or Adelaide. Is it Perth or Adelaide? It's WA, I think. Yeah, but it's interesting. I read an article about him, and he was like, essentially, I'm going to paraphrase here because I can't remember verbatim. Um. He just said, have a conversation with me, get to know the person, not the assumptions. Because he's, he's like, we weren't in, we never were in a refugee camp. We migrated over. Yeah. And he's like, get to know me, get to know the story. Don't make the assumption. Because I think sometimes it's sort of easy, lazy story writing to be like, yeah, well, you know. Well, on that, actually, um, very fitting. I was about to say he has a, he's just started his own podcast and Epic. it's called In My Spikes. Pretty like much that. explaining his story. So from that, yeah. So that'll be I'm keen Get to, to know. Him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Peter Bolt, the big dog, getting it done with fourth. Pretty much a medal. May as well give. Pretty him much. <laughs> Count it. <laughs> Count it. <laughs> Count it. Um. If you look good doing it and you come fourth, 
count it. <laughs> he did look good doing it. It's real good. Um, and spoke very well afterwards too. It's pretty disappointed, but um, mm. still spoke very well. Um, moving on from that, we had an Aussie in the fifteen hundred final coming. Stewie McSwain seventh. Pretty good out of. There's more than ten, right? Or more than eight races in that for sure. There's, there's a big bunch of them. Yeah. He was he was sort of pacing at the front for a bunch of it as well. Just couldn't quite hold it at the end. I think Oliver Hall was also in the final, but came a little bit further behind. But still, to make the final again, it's like you sort of forget to make the final is a very, very slim percentage of the best 1,500 metres in the world. That's an achievement in itself already. Well, yeah. you, th- you think of these athletes, like some some of them getting to the Olympics is the achievement. Imagine yeah. making a final. Huge. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, Stewie. Stewie. Too good. Um, to finish off with the athletics... We got a bronze medal in the women's javelin. Now it was Kelsey, it was Kelsey Lee Barber, and I remember watching her. And I'm like, damn, she's real familiar. I don't, I've never watched javelin before. Yeah, like she looks very familiar, and she was in the the I think the Woolies beef ad, where at the kitchen table, yeah. where <laughs> where it comes down to the last bit of beef, and Kelsey's sitting on one side, and I'm assuming her brother, who's like a bit of a nerd. Is sitting on. him. That's what they portrayed him as. He's cool. He's got a tracksuit. He's got a mullet. He's cool. I'd hang out with him. <laughs> For sure. After you called him a nerd. <laughs> I don't know if he wants to hang out with you, mate. <laughs> anyway. Jeez, Louise. The last bit of beef was on the table, and they were disputing who should have the beef. Mm. Obviously, Kelsey being the Olympian, I need the beef. You know. got a record to break. But also, the brother also had a record to break. <laughs> also does. <laughs> a dance-breaking record. So anyway, that's... That's, that's like, a good ad. It is a great ad. That's probably... Yeah. That's been up there. Upper echelon. Upper echelon, definitely. Recognised her. That shows it's a good ad if you can pick her off the screen. Yeah, and then obviously the ad came on straight after her event. <laughs> oh, there she two is. and two together, anyway. Just quickly, one other track highlight. The 400-meter hurdles. And there's a bit of conjecture about it, the men's hurdles, because of the shoe technology. It's yeah. getting crazy. Mm-hmm. And the winner was throwing barbs at the silver medalist, saying, because he had, the winner ran in Pumas. Yep. Nice. Just like my suede. <laughs> um, and it, they had like a bit of carbon fiber in them or something, carbon steel, I don't know. Um, but the Nike shoes that the silver medalist run in have a little air cushion, a little bit of bounce to them. Ah, uh, extra spring. Extra spring. It's like when Elliot Kipchoge did the sub two-hour marathon. He had the illegal shoes on. Yeah, everything was tailored for him to perform. Yeah. yeah. So they're sort of pushing the limits, I think. But it was still nuts. Like, aside from, I guess you mm. have to take that into account, but they've smashed the world record. The winner smashed his own world record, which he set only recently. Silver medalist beat the previous world record. Bronze medalist beat the world record that was the world record until <laughs> yeah, recently. It was an unbelievable event. And beforehand, his name was like Warholm. Yeah. And he's like slapping his face. It's like, who's this guy? <laughs> like, G himself up. Just the Terminator just powered through, tried to rip his jersey, didn't, <laughs> didn't quite get it, ripped nips, again, nips. didn't quite get it, <laughs> nips came out of it. And then smartly, this is real smart, didn't go for the third attempt at the rip because he knew if he failed, it's going to really dull his moment. That's three strikes. So he had to just leave it yeah. partially ripped. But I think that was better for his image. Mm. Yeah, the first, if he had just left it at the first rip, he's like, oh, that's pretty sick. And then you try it again, it's like, oh, lost one point there. We'll keep it at that. Yeah, that's good. that was smart. Like, if you risk it all and you go for the third, maybe you get a dominant, like, ah, just ripping it off, animalistic, but you do risk complete failure. 
So, very good composure on the shirt ripping. Especially knowing that he'd previously done the face slap. So, he's already sort of upper level in terms of just savagery. <laughs> then, he set a, <laughs> then he set a world record. So, he's already got all these points. He's so peaking. He's like, I'm fine. Like, I'll just do two rips, whatever. And then in the photos, my nips will be out. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> Very well played. Um, so, I'm sure that there was some other huge moments on the track and field we could go for hours, but there were our highlights. Um, now, one of, one of the most chaotic events, what I thought at the Olympics, was in the velodrome. Heaps of crashes, heaps of stacks. Um, but we ended up getting a bronze medal in the men's team pursuit. I believe. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. We we were in contention for the gold. Unfortunately, in the gold medal playoff, to get there, or to get to the playoff... Semis, I guess. Uh, in the semis. Um, I don't, they probably don't call the it The prelims. That, I think it's actually called the prelim. There you prelim. go. Anyway. Um, one of our cyclists, don't know his name, unfortunately, his handlebar snapped mid-race. Now, this is lucky because good place to be in. he was actually, because there's four that compete per team in the pursuit, he was at the back mm. when he did that. If, it, if he had been at the front, which could have been very likely, it would have been Everyone. chaotic for the team. Everyone Worst would have, crash. Yeah, so he crashed about a K in, they stopped the race, and then they were allowed to start again. So I think oh. he went in again, competed, they didn't get a very good time. Obviously, he just had it's a big sore. crash. <laughs> yeah. Big crash, but then they had the bronze medal playoff. I think it was against either New Zealand or Great Britain, and their opposition crashed very late. It's a tough sport. Very tough sport. Got a semi Bradbury <laughs> yeah. partial. Yeah. I saw an ad with him the other day, actually. The yeah, hair, a hair loss ad or some sort. Was it? <laughs> he's in a pie ad as well. And he's doing his own beer. Is he? The Last Man Standing. It's called. <laughs> Surely some... LMS. Imagine how many LMS teams are called the Bradburys around the nation. <laughs> There'd be a plenty. They're definitely floating around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, moving from... In the velodrome still, though, one of the craziest events I saw from that, the team pursuit was pretty crazy in itself. They had this event. It was... I don't know. Maybe you could bring it up, potentially, producer Frey. It was, it was like a 250 lap marathon in the velodrome that's a lot of laps and it looks like I would have maybe guessed 50 cyclists at once tracks are not that big I don't know how it works because there was people like you could tag in with your teammates hmm. of some sort so I don't know how it worked I didn't see it so I couldn't tell you I'd have to do do your research and I'll do mine <laughs> but <I'm> all... <laughs> with a promise <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I'm genuinely mine. interested because it was chaotic then there was a big crash in one of the women's um Semis or final. So, hectic, hectic stuff. Anyway. Mm. Um, moving on. Into the water. Jess Fox, two medals. Sorry, did you find something? Uh, not quite. I think it might be called the Madison Races. Team up in pairs of riders in a tag team format. That's it. Sounds a lot like Riders yeah. sling their team weight forward to facilitate alternating sprints that keep the pace very high during... Typically, long races, 30Ks. Yeah, so it looks ridiculous. So if you can imagine, so on the inside, in the shallower lanes, there's people sprinting. Mm. And then on the higher bits, there's people just cruising. Uh, and then they go collect them. And then, and, then, and then all of a sudden, they... You can tag out whenever you want. Tag in, 
bang, and then they swap. Sling them in with some... Um, bit of pace. Bit of pacing. Named yeah. after Madison Square Garden, the Madison Races. There you go. Wait, you go. wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull it back. Did they do races in Madison Square Garden or something? Where the format was popular in the 1900s. Madison Square Garden. There you go. Wow. What is Madison Square Garden named after? Let me tell you. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me. I, was, I had to pull it back. Named after thought... James Madison, fourth president of the United States. There you go. Fourth. It's going back a bit, isn't Early. it? Early. Single digits. Yeah. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Imagine being in the well, 30s. You've forgotten. Who was named after his dad, James Madison Sr. Third president of the United States. <laughs> Second president. <laughs> Potentially. Stop anyway, what were you going to say? I don't know. Okay, moving on. Dribbling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, chaotic event. It was pro- It was borderline dangerous. To, well, from the video I showed you with the... Uh, the do they do state. that without brakes as well? Yeah, because the bikes have to be as aerodynamic as possible and as light as possible. Nuts. Of which none of them have brakes. Or gears? gears. No gears. Just a heavy, heavy, like... Yeah. So, that's why you see when they start the sprint, the, the first, like, 10 metres is them just absolutely grind. getting up. You can see their faces going, like, grimacing. Grimacing. Yeah. yeah. And they just, but then, once you're rolling, you're just rolling. You're not slowing down very easily. Pretty much, yeah. So that's why they probably just cruise around the outside. They have so much momentum, they yeah, can't slow down. Yeah, that's why after the race, they just slowly, <laughs> slowly come down to a, to a halt. Um, Crazy. All right, moving on. We, in terms of our gold medal... Um, tally, the girls did unbelievably well. Carried the majority. Carried the majority in the pool. Obviously, we've we've spoke about that in our second part of the Olympics chat. Also, Jess Fox, two medals: a bronze and in the K one, K one, and a goldie in a pet event in C1. the C one. So, with her dad commentating, it's pretty nuts. And her mum as coach. <laughs> Family affair. Yeah. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, BMX freestyle. Logan. Yes, Logan. Logan from Logan. <laughs> well, that'd be cool. Start local, stay local. <laughs> as I always say. Um, BMX, was this This is the first... No, they had BMX last year at Rio. Yeah, you, you got trivia me question. The, yeah, because I put BMX down in the trivia because I was like, definitely skateboarding, Yep. BMX, and sport climbing. I and was, I thought, I, I was ticking it. I was <laughs> like, I've nailed this. Preempted the, preempted the point. Yeah. But I, I was under the same impression. I thought that... This year was the first time we had BMX. Not the case. Not the case. We had it in Rio. And not he, not sure whether we had BMX freestyle in Rio, though. It was the first one at the Tokyo Olympics. So that's where oh. I was. I wanted to keep that on the DL. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Maybe that's what Kate was talking yeah, about. Yeah, close enough. Um, so, yeah, Logan, unbelievable. Built, the, a, built a little park in his backyard. Yeah. On the Goldie somewhere. So during, like, lockdown Logan. or... And Probably. I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think... He bought a house... With a really big, obviously, on a bit of acreage, just so he can build a BMX track. Get after it. Yeah. Paid off? Paid off. He was, I remember he was explaining that a lot of his neighbours would complain <laughs> about like what he was doing with the place. <laughs> oh, Hope you're happy now. Yeah, bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. Um, from that, skateboarding. Also in the park. Yes. Keegan. Keegan Palmer. Smacked a gold. How old is he? He's 18, 17 18. or 18. 18. So. And came out, was sitting on like a 91 and leading. I, don't, I think he'd secured gold. 94. 94. But then he came out for his third run and immediately stomped a massive <laughs> yeah, kickflip yeah, yeah. 540. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was going off the, 
for his first jump. Yeah, just pumped in. Landed it, just. And shaky. then just kept pumping and smashed some crazy stuff. And then, whatever finished, you call and then them. beat it and finished with like a 95 or something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, did you see the other Aussie? Um, forget his name. Kieran Reeves. Kieran. Keegan? Kieran. Something. Uh, anyway, he he was also in contention for a medal because everyone rated him. Off. On his last run, he went for a huge air on his first jump. Didn't land it. Obviously, he's done. But he kept skating, went back around, and he out of the out of the race or out of the um, skate, he did it again and no, landed right. it just just for a bit of hype and just for a bit of show. Still good, very good. Is it the most dominant end to an event when their time's up, they cruise up the lip of a bowl and they just like step out? Yeah, and it's... they catch their board. <laughs> yeah. I think that's Is like pretty a sicker end to an event. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty standard for the skating community in the bowl. But it definitely is. But it's just it's a... one of the smoothest events exits. Mm. It's so dumb. Well, it's like picking up a tennis ball, like with your racket, and people watching that go, "Whoa!" They don't have to bend over True. and pick it up. Yeah, yeah that's it's just fair. like you don't even think about it. You that's just fair. Do it. It's just a little feature. But to top off his like to top off the event too, just anyway. and then Keegan gave it the big. And smash his board on the ground. Board throw. Yeah. All the time. Very good. <laughs> um, on the women's side, you could almost say the girls' side of skateboarding. Very young competition. So, was it producer Frey on the bro- third bronze place as a 13-year-old? Sky Brown. Sky, Sky Brown. Brown. Great Britain. Uh, second place, I forgot no a name. 12-year-old. Coco Hiraki. And Hiraki, I think the I think. gold medalist was still under 18. She was 19. Yeah. But yeah. And the Australian competitor was, I think, 19 or 20. Very young. Mm. I've forgotten her name now. My theory Poppy. with this... Poppy. That's Poppy, it. that's it. My theory with this... Lay it on us. <laughs> it's not a very expansive theory. Well um, researched, I imagine. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that they're so good at such a young age because when you're at a young age, you're a bit more fearless, right? Mm. So to be able to pull off these ridiculous tricks, you've got to be a bit fearless. And I feel True. as though the older you get, the more conscious you are of fear. That's fair. Less, you, less elastic in your body too. Yeah, exactly. You that don't want to take a slam. No. So at thirty. Anyway, that was, that was my theory. Like everyone's going about. Damn, this like it's pretty cool to have a 12, 13 year old. Yeah. Winning medals. Well, the crazy thing is, have you seen that video of Sky Brown? Like a year, it bef- six months, maybe early twenty twenty. It was before uh, the Olympics were postponed. Was it with or- Tony Hawk. She has skated with Tony. She mm. was at Tony. She was at, maybe she was at Tony Hawk's vert ramp, mm. but she was just like twenty feet in the air. She didn't go straight up the ramp. She she came sideways off the top. Right. Like at the very top, she came off the ramp. Board goes out. She goes horizontal and falls straight down onto concrete, like twenty oh. feet in the air, and she was like eleven, twelve. Jeez. And then a year, year and a half later, she's confidently winning bronze. Like, it didn't seem to phase her. Fearless. Yeah. So, so I think you could be onto something. It's like dropping a cat. <laughs> just <laughs> not, not that I drop. <laughs> Do you? No. You sound experienced. I've never seen cats well, in your house. I would assume that if you, you drop... You get rid cat. of them, do you? <laughs> you would assume they'd land confidently. Yeah. <laughs> they always say a cat lands on its feet. Toast lands butter side down. Cats land on their feet. Tested and that. they have nine lives. It must, must be nice. Must be very nice. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, that was pretty cool to see some skateboarding action uh, at the Olympics. The swimming, which we've, we've, we've mentioned in our previous podcast, was unbelievable. The women, Emma McKeon, absolutely taking a medal Our best hall. Olympian ever. Ever. That's a pretty big feat. Only 27, right? She's got Paris in her still, probably. I'd say so. So hopefully another few medals there. Fingers crossed. Um, Titmus obviously doing unbelievably with Dean, Dean Boxall mm-hmm. as the inspiring coach. Kaylee McEwen, a couple goldies. Yes. Zach Stubblety Cook, a goldie. goldie. Kyle Chalmers, a silver. Few, few relays. Relays. Medley, medleys, medleys. The Campbells also got a few. Yeah, Kate Campbell medal. got another gold. So and was bronze in the fifty meter free, yeah. hundred meter free. Well, well, we essentially rely on our swimming team to get a lot of the medals. However, I feel as though this Olympics we've obviously kicked in a lot of other sports. Sailing, sailing, couple, few golds, two, three, couple golds, yeah. rowing, rowing, couple golds, plus obviously the BMX and the skateboarding, canoeing. So we've done well, or obviously we've equaled our best performance in any Olympics, last being seventeen Athens. golds in Athens. Athens. And that's like the torpedo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you watched? You should go watch. There's the, oh, I think it's the 100 meter free or 200 meter free final at Athens. All time. It was a young Phelps. Young, young Phelps. Grant Hackett. Grant Hackett. <laughs> torpedo. Yeah. The Dutch the, bloke yeah. that was the previous yep. record holder. Yep. And they're just storming. They're Tor- quick. Torpedo's in an illegal race suit. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't then illegal. Legal at the time. Yeah. With the long hair. Didn't even look flustered. Really good watch. Recommend everyone. It's on YouTube. Seven minutes of your life. You'll enjoy it. Kathy Freeman also ran in a full suit, didn't she? In 2000. In the 400, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Is that legal now or no. illegal? I think it's illegal. I imagine in running, it's less of an effect than in swimming. Yeah, it was interesting because did you see the all the sprinters this year had like their hair out and like a big like... Oh, the ponytail. Yeah, and they especially had like the Jamaican girls had some crazy, crazy hair going. You'd think that that would slow you down. Yeah. Or maybe it helps keep your head back so you don't... Bit of weight. Yeah. Mm. Counterbalance. Interesting. Smart. Like, um, a, like a sail. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the tail then? Um, well, that's pretty much it from us, from our Olympics. And the boomers. Reca- oh, God, sorry. <laughs> wow. 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 Well, wow. yeah, this is a big one because this is probably... Our, or mine anyway, and I know it's definitely yours, Gus, highlight of the Olympics. Yeah, I not, think it is. Not just because we got our first medal in however many years, 60. Yeah, I think they first went pretty to much, Tokyo. Pretty so much was, ever. Was Tokyo, 60-something, 60 64 maybe. Yeah. Um, they first went to the Olympics. So not, not only because we got the medal, but for me, because Paddy Mills got, got a medal. With 42-piece. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And b- just because as well, he's such an advocate for, for Australian sport and his indigenous culture. He said, yeah, he said and immediately, yeah, he's, afterwards, like his post-game speech was just so collected. Oh, so humbling. His leadership. He's like, this is for everyone. This is the culture. He said, this is the standard now. Loved that. Yep. Fair enough too. Yeah. Well, they've um, been right there. They just needed to get over the hump. Like that's the, that was the heartbreaking thing to keep coming forth. Well, didn't we lose to Spain by like a point? Yeah, last and then we lost the bronze because the life was just sucked out of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I believe so. A lot of like a run of fourths. It was like the fourth or fifth semi-final loss they'd had, and he was lo- Paddy was locked in. Yeah, he came out shooting. Yeah, he was hot. 
And he's, I, I was a bit worried that because of his game time and how hot he came out, that he would cool cool down. Me too. No, no such no. concerns. <laughs> the thrills. It's like, damn, we've got to rest this guy. I'm like, no, don't rest him. He'll keep going. Keep going. Thibel played a huge role. Some huge dunks. Um, really, really good passing game. Very good passing game and unbelievable on the defensive end. Yeah. Cookies. Well, the whole team, actually. I think he led the Olympics in steals. There were a lot of steals towards the end of that game, match. Like, he he was in passing lanes. He was also just getting down in a stance in front of people and just cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. Good to watch. Um, and we did it without Aaron Baines, too. Yeah, Jock and Nick Good K ste- stepped yeah. up. They got physical. They did. That's one thing I noticed with the Australian basketball team is that our defense, it's very aggressive. And a lot of, teams, a lot of, a lot of teams aren't used, especially America weren't used to it when we beat that's, them. In the, that's why they got a lead on them, I think, in the semi. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, obviously... Being, I think we got tired. We got tired, but then they just started hitting open threes. and. Well, even you see some when they were down... Some of the shots Kevin Durant was hitting were nuts. Like, like Thibel was contesting. He was up. It would be like fading baseline after a spin. Thibel's like as close as you can get to the ball as possible. Mm. Bank, sink it. Yeah. Like, just fine. Like, <laughs> it's, too, it's just too just, good. He's just the best. So. Did you see Draymond Green's post-match on court after winning the gold? I didn't. I think he got asked. He got asked something anyway. He was explaining about how the US team was getting like not hate but yeah. even their country wasn't like getting around them and then he essentially said we won we haven't left we're still here who's <laughs> who's here to chase us so I could be salty I could be salty because they beat us but did anyone else not love their medal ceremony I didn't see it a bunch of them were like filming themselves on their phones, like selfie cameras, like getting after it, mm. like as they're picking up medals and stuff. And like for the anthem, JaVale McGee is filming with a camera for his vlogs. No way. He handed it to Tatum and was like, film me get putting my medal on. And it's sort In of... a ceremony. It was very... It clashed with the rest of the Olympics being so like... So prestigious. Wholesome. Yeah. Mm. You got, they do you that, that in the opening home. and the closing ceremonies as well now, which I... Don't know if I agree. Don't know. With. Just, just enjoy it. Plus, they got a, they got that many cameras taking videos. And yeah, you can get it if you want. Like yeah. Matisse will undoubtedly put it in his vlog. Yeah, but he'll just jag it and say filmed by whoever, whoever. else. Little credit down the bottom. A watermark. It does. Hurt. It does spoil the moment, especially especially if you're. I'm assuming the medal presentation was with all three teams. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so especially with Australia and France, maybe just accepting their medals graciously, and just just loving it. Just meaning so much, yeah. but it, for the Americans, it became more of this like egotistical thing. Like yeah. they're like flexing with it, they're like biting the metal, the gold, like flexing it, like yeah. God, don't get around that. Rather than being like, I'm, I might still be salty. It's just a very different culture because we're fighting and scrapping for a bronze and then weeping with joy when we get it. Yeah, and they're sort of like, if they turn it on for a quarter, they win gold because they're just supreme. But the thing is, you can talented. do all that. You could do all the photo taking and all the boasting all you want in the locker room, mm. away from the podium. Yeah. So it's not quite what the Olympics no. is. Anyway, I could just be salty. Take it with a grain of salt. Maybe. Bit of both. Bit of both. I think it's a fair comment. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um. So yeah, really good from the Boomers and Gazy too. Super emotional. Yeah. Also, really unlucky that um, Bogues couldn't compete. Because he was meant to compete last he, year. I think he would have if it was last year. But I'm he? guessing due to retirement and injury. Yeah, I think because he was playing in the NBL. Because he, he re- basically played, he's got, got a two-year deal in the NBL. 
and was like, I think his mind was Olympics 2020, last run. Yeah. Let's get a medal. And it didn't happen. And he's like, I don't know. I've got another year of like rehab and everything in me. Yeah. Like, I've just got, I'm done. Yeah. Fair enough. That's how that yeah. injuries. <laughs> Big bogues. Um, so yeah, that was pretty good Same to see. Same for Bainsey. And they held up the medal for Bainsey. That was nice. Oh, Patty right. was That's like, what, yeah. yeah. <laughs> From the hospital bed. <laughs> That's pretty nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was good to see. Um, well, I, got, I was a bit confused by this because Bogues posted something in relation to Channel 7 that he won't be commentating on the final game because of his he only had a five game contract of some sorts right he tweeted he tweeted this he's like yeah. I, I, I love he's like I love um, commentating with Gazy and Steven and thanks for Channel 7 for the opportunity but unfortunately due to my contract I won't be doing the final game and the community was just in an uproar of Lord. which Channel 7 just yeah. gave him an extra little because he was there yeah he was there well yeah you have to. He had good insight, him and Gazy. Very good together. Good insight. Very good. With the other bloke just sort of calling as they go. Steven. Steven, I think it was. He was. He's quite good. He's obviously not a, back, a basketball background, but he was very good in good terms caller. of... Good yeah. caller. Good play caller. Very good. Um, that's it for the Olympics. Pretty good. Very good. See you in Paris. <laughs> See you there. Well, it's not that... <laughs> I'm not done yet. <laughs> well, it's only three years away, so... Um, actually, before we move on... From the Olympics, we've got Brisbane coming up in 2032. Close, just of, around the corner. Of which, hopefully, speed um, sport climbing will still be in fruition. Oh, I loved it. Very good, very good watch. I got so sweaty in my palms. I knew I, knew I couldn't be a sport <laughs> climber because I was sitting there watching, just dripping. You're chalking up. <laughs> I was like, couch. oh, this is so tight. Well, I think they did it very, they played it very well by showcasing the speed climbing first because it was an absolute thrill. And then we're in. And then you're in. And now they're talking about the complexities of the scoring system and we're yeah. thinking, oh, you need to get the zone here on this boulder right. so that he's in it with a chance. Yeah. And now you're just mm. in. So, very good. Of which... We've got 10 years for producer Frey <laughs> to train up to see him in Brisbane. I'm waiting. Yeah, I reckon you can... How old will you be in... How old are you? I'll be, what, 34. Well, Pe- peaking. Marwem is... the One of the Marwems is, what, 36? Yeah, five? Barca. And, and he went up in... He went Mika. up speed climb in sub six, right? Mm. Barca was sub... Yeah, 5.45. I'll back it's a, you. It's, an, it's a sport for the 34 five. Mate, don't old. even worry about Brisbane. LA. Yeah. <laughs> Paris, even. <laughs> He is. <laughs> You're in a tight competition with Jackson. So, for the listeners, on Wax, we'll be hopefully seeing, not hopefully, we'll be seeing producer Frey, Brisbane 2032. Get us in the team as masseuses. <laughs> they presumably need, they yeah. need like a back rub down. I need one for I my I thought legs, you were at least going to say hands. like media of some sort, but shotgun hammy rub down. <laughs> okay, I'll take the quad. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully our fingers meet in the middle. <laughs> we do Lady in the Tramp. Oh, God. Tell you what, producer Frey's going to get the best treatment possible. No doubt. Um, so we finished the medal tally at sixth. Pretty good from the Aussies. Huge effort. And tying ourselves. Really, you only compete with yourself. We were coming fourth for a stage, but unfortunately we got gypped by Great Britain and... Russia. Russian Olympic Russia. Committee. Yep, not Russia. Can you smell <laughs> what the rock is cooking? <laughs> <laughs> we did a few years ago. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We're going to finish off with a bit of NRL chat. We've missed a couple of weeks. It's been a bit of a crazy time in the NRL with relocation, relocating the Brizzy, Southeast Queensland, and then Southeast Queensland getting locked down, of which somehow 
NRL Saint, was shut down for a day. S- somehow St. Peter Volandis is still making it happen. Yeah. Ooh, we're in lockdown in Brisbane. And, and they somehow, said, no, we're not doing professional sport. No professional sport. A day later? Peter Volandis was like, no, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Our Lord and Saviour. St. <laughs> Peter. And well, a day later, all the games are back on. Well, I'm guessing, obviously, they have this a contingency plan for every possible scenario. Um, of which they're all already in a bubble under really strict protocol. And then with our lockdown, their contingency plan showcased even stricter measures. And um, Jeanette Young was like, yes, you can have it. <laughs> Walked it back. <laughs> I, think th- I think the issue was they'd been... I think they were released the day before for like a day. Munster got a bit of content at Torella. That's true. They had like a day out of the bubble right before the cases arrived, which I think was possibly part of the issue. Right. And then the door got slammed shut. Well, they got it done. So now they're playing at least another rounds at Seabus, Suncorp Stadium, and also I think Redcliffe as well. With supposedly a couple of people allowed in to go watch. Quarter crowd or half crowd or something. Yes. Before we get into last week's games and rattle off our tips for next week and round 22, the fastest man in the NRL... It was on Freddie in the 8th last week. Was it? Yeah, so um, obviously Freddie and Joey were battling to dispute their fastest man in the NRL. The three contesters were the Hammer. Oh, yeah. Jason Saab. Yeah. And the Fox. Who's your number one? Over 100. I would go Saab. That's what... I think that's what um Joey said. But Freddie... Uh, Freddie, here we got producer Frey bringing oh, top up speeds. A, Saab's not there. Official speed. Well, he just cruises away from them somehow. Yeah, I think Saab's actually got the highest top speed out of everyone. But what Freddie was saying was that Saab would be a very good 200 meter runner due to his because he's longer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because he's not unless you're Usain Bolt. Usually, it's not the tallest man that wins the hundred. <laughs> And Joey said that the fox looks like he's running really quick because his socks are really long. (laughs) 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 I'm sure he's pretty quick still, but (laughs) it just makes him... denigrating a man that has been GPS tracked at 38 and a half kilometers an hour. (laughs) It's an illusion. Your socks are too long. Socks are just long. Um, Yeah, it's the fastest man in the NRL. And I think we should bring back the... I don't know how many years it's been since... would be a shout over 200. Yeah. Because he's outrun the fox. Even a hundred coats would be. He's run away. He's run away from the fox before. Bring Although back, the fox did tank early. Bring back Jamie Sowd over forty. Fastest man in the world over forty. Probably still is. <laughs> yeah, definitely not Sowow. <laughs> um, of that, I reckon they should definitely bring back the Race. the um the races grand mm-hmm. final. Do a little cheeky hundred meter strongman competition. The only issue this year is the fox will be in the grand final. Probably. That's true. Like if you've got a grand finalist. Yeah, you wouldn't want him pulling a hammy. But I guess they'd probably just say, you unfortunately miss out this year. Yeah. And then if you miss out, you can say, oh, I probably would have (laughs) won. That's fair. Kind of like the the NFL trials. You know how they do the 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 speed tracking and accuracy and everything. Yeah, that'd be cool to watch. Sometimes people would pull out and be like... No, thank you. I think if you're confident your draft stock is already high you consider pulling out. Because it's like, if you're already considered up that high, oh, like is a top it worth 10 what? Yeah. Particularly in the NBA, a lot of people don't do the NBA combine. 
It's usually for those that I guess I'm guessing outside maybe the top thirty drafts want to come in and show some real quickness to, on the to shuttle try and get it themselves. And people will be like, oh, yeah, done. could be worth it. Twenty seventh pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. To finish with last week's rounds, I think Suncorp and Seabus got absolutely torn up. Pretty sure all the games were played at either or. Um, the Bronx coming off their win against the Cowboys had a loss to the Knights at Suncorp. Did and you just produce <laughs> face celebrating <laughs> a double fist bump. Ponga, Captain Ponga, as um. As was he captain or was he... He was captain. He, as, right. as Bloke in a Bar captain, he's been captain of our hearts for a while now. <laughs> yeah. But now moving into an official capacity. <laughs> captain and captain. Captain and captain. The Bronx just... Like, they defended seven sets in a row to start the game. That's not a good start. But it wasn't all repeat sets. They would get the ball and they would drop it on tackle one. And then right. the one time they got into the Knights 20, they scored first. So they were sort of in the game, but they were just kept relentlessly dropping ball and shooting themselves in the foot. Need to invest in better grip it. Yeah, or just don't drop the ball from the boys, hey. That's well, <laughs> simple that, as that. <laughs> that's what they did really well in the Cowboys game anyway. But they they, they played, played pretty solid. But there. they're still ripping in, which I appreciate. Yeah, it, they're still giving good. a go these it's days. It's good signs. Good signs. Kevy's got that energy up, at least. Hopefully leading into a good uh, season next year. Mm. Um, the Raiders beat the Dragons... At Seabus, 20-12, the Dragons are on a very slippery slope to the wooden spoon. <laughs> nah, they won't. Nah, they, they, won't. they won't. But Do you def- think they should have taken all their suspensions at once? Because uh, it's been a cloud over them for a month now. Yeah. Do you think they should have just forfeit a game? I think so. get back to normal? Or at least put in maybe a reserves team. Why not? Give some... Mm, just give them a run. It's a good opportunity for... Give Sloan a run. I think, yeah. Sloan, Sloan is, I think... Maybe a future player for the, for the Dragons. The couple of times he's played, right? I think he's one of those players. Things have just happened for him. His first game was like a chip kick. He chipped and chased and the ball just bounced for him. His second game, someone kicked yeah. for him. He looked like he was cruising. Ball's it, in his hand next minute. It's because he's a bit fearless. And th- I think for fearless players, you get lucky. Things can happen yeah. for you. So he's got that about it. Hopefully they can keep him. Um, the Rabbits had a huge win over the Eels. Of which I think the Rabbits could potentially finish in the top two. They're yeah, I think tied, they are. They're tied points with Penrith, but they're just behind yeah, the points at the over them. Um, the Warriors had a two-point win over the Sharkies with, without Tuvasa. Yeah. Um, Panthers had a six-point win over the Roosters. That was a tight game. Very tight game. Panthers. Matt Burton had a good game. Very good game. He's going to the Bulldogs next year, isn't he? Yeah. Tell you he what, is. the Bulldogs are going to have a sneaky good team. Had a car. It's going, Burton's going, uh, Vaughan. <laughs> Paulie Paul. Vol Paul is going. <laughs> um, from that, Storm had a 10-point win over Manly, which was actually pretty tough. It was close because Manly dropped a couple balls directly for Storm tries. Yeah, it was a very tough game. And they won by 10. So Good match. And Tigers had a 12-point win over the Bulldogs. That was from Tigertown. And the Titans had a very, very convincing win at home over the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, round 22. We've got to go quick here because Pilates can... <laughs> is soon. <laughs> For producer Frey. Um, and he's got to make the Olympics. That's We've got to get this boy fit. Anyway. Got to keep him fit. Um, the Storm are playing the Raiders at Suncorp. Storm. Heavy favourites for the Storm there. The Dragons <laughs> playing the Panthers also at Suncorp. Um, Panthers for me. Panthers for me too. <laughs> Reluctantly. The Broncos playing the Roosters at home. 
the Roosters are a heavy, heavy favourite here, but I, th- I think the Roosters will win maybe in a tight match, potentially blowing them out the blowing yeah, them out at the end. I think of the I game. could see that, and um, I'll see and I'll weep that Sam Walker isn't on the Broncos <laughs> as he throws cut four, four cutouts for the assist try assists. But I am going to tip the Roosters. Um, the the Rabbitohs playing the Titans at Seabus. I think the Rabbitohs. Yeah. However, the Titans have been playing not too bad recently. That'll, um, be a, that'll be an attack game. It will be. No one will defend there. That'll be fun. Cowboys are taking on the Tigers. That's a tough one in, to tip. Up in the Ville. That is a tough one to tip. Who do you go for? Yeah. I'm at, uh, at home. Maybe the Cowboys. Dewey's been playing well, though. I almost do want to tip the Tigers. I've got no clue, though. The Tigers don't win two in a row. I'm tipping the Cowboys. I'm tipping the Cowboys. They, they can't win two in a row. It never happens. Um, Back to Suncorp. Sorry, Sunshine Coast Stadium. Epic. Seagulls taking on Parramatta. That'll actually be a sneaky good game. The Manly are heavy favourites here, but... That will be a good game. Eels have been sliding. They've lost two in a row, and Reed Marnie hurt his shoulder. Yeah, it's a big loss. Big loss. Anyway, so I'm going Manly for that one. Me too. Um, The last two games of the round, the Warriors are taking on the Bulldogs. Well, Should be a close game, I'm I reckon. I'm going Bulldogs here. The Warriors are heavy favourites. I'm going to stick Warriors. I'm going Bulldogs. Although I think it will be close. And to finish off round 22, Sharks taking on producer phrase Novacastrians. Could be a close game. Captain Ponga. Captain Captain Ponga leading us home. I'm tipping the Knights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tip... I'm going to go Will Chambers to fire up again. <laughs> and the Sharkies to get a win. This is in the news relentlessly at the yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, you see him smash Dylan Walker and then sledge him yeah. two weeks ago. And yeah. then this week got sledged so much that Kane Evans threw a couple Smith left. Through. And <laughs> Walker, no, Chambers walked away laughing. Yeah, he got 1-0. Yeah. <laughs> but then the boot throw was a bit, bit rough. Yeah, a bit much. Yeah, much. Anyway. Um, Get after it, Will. But I'm tipping the Knights. Fair enough. I think producer Frails were also tipping the Knights. Anyway, that wraps us up for the third part of our Olympics chat and a tickle of NRL. Little dabble. Um, for the punters, you're welcome. <laughs> Don't take our word for it. <laughs> um, and yeah, thanks again, Gus, and especially producer Frey. Thanks, producer. Catch us to, next time yeah. with our purchased Z horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, we'll see producer Frey on the on the walls, and hopefully in 2032 in the sport climbing event. Can't wait on wax. See you later, boys. See you later. Four.